Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Stall. 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 Bathroom stall? Call who for a good time? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Okay. I am considering starting with a story that is extremely embarrassing for oh, me. Oh, good! I can't wait. Come on then. Okay, let me try and, and let me try. I haven't told anybody this out loud yet, <laughs> so just sort of getting it all into the right order is is going to be tricky. Okay. Of late, yeah, I have been doing some freelance work, yeah, for an organisation. Okay, yeah, a, a big organisation. Mm-hmm. As I've been doing more and more, they've said, let's get you all set up on our systems. Right. So I say, great. And they book in an hour for me to learn how to use certain systems of theirs that, uh, that, that operate during their business. But I think a lot of people listening will know which business I'm talking about, but mm. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Okay. Okay. So I uh, have an appointment at um, 11 o'clock last Thursday to go and spend a time with a very nice man who shows me how everything works. Uh, we get chatting. He seems very friendly. He's just about to go off on paternity leave. He's a real family guy. So we talk about kids a little bit. And then he he, he proceeds to sort of show me this system. And I'm, I'm not, what I'm not is a technophobe, but neither am I somebody who's really into computers and things. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so, but I managed to pick it up quite quickly, the basics of it. Mm. So that's system number one. There is a second system that he needs to show me. And and basically, this particular thing, the way you access it is through a normal internet browser. Right. Okay. So he, he tries to get me set up on it, and it's, it's, he's struggling to to get it working. He says, do you know, the, the easiest way to do it so that you'll just be able to access this is if we add it to your bookmarks on your internet browser. Now, I don't really use bookmarks. Mm. I think when I first got the browser I use, which is Google Chrome, mm. I maybe added a couple of recipes for chili paneer to it. <laughs> yeah. But 
by and large, the all the bookmarks I've got are just ones I've accidentally hit. So I've got this bookmarks for things like a Google search for the letter F, right? Where I've been typing something in and then uh, accidentally yeah. hit bookmark by mistake. Yeah, yeah. So anything I've got on there is kind of by accident. Okay. So he says, "Well, let's get you set up." And he I said, "I don't really know how to get it added to my bookmarks." So he says, "Do this and then press save." And he said, "And should we just check that it's there?" So I said, "Sure, let's check that it's there." He opens up my bookmarks, and sure enough, there's all these Google searches for the letter F and the letter like G and J combined or whatever ever it is. Yeah. And there in my bookmarks file, there's yeah. a thing that says XXX watch porn videos for free. No. How did that get there? I, I honestly s- don't know. No, I mean, I'm not saying that I've never looked at erotica on the internet. Right. But I've never bookmarked any erotica on the internet. No, she would. I never bookmark anything. Oh, no, God. What did, you, what did you do? Didn't say anything. Didn't say a word. We both just Stuck, he's, he's over my shoulder. I'm sat at a computer. He's standing over my shoulder. He's checking that this thing is at the bottom of my bookmarks. I'm sure he saw it about four bookmarks up. It's saying like watch XXX videos for free. In a way, I'm still, I'm just so relieved he didn't try and explain it. Well, this is, I mean, I've been thinking to myself, (laughs) I thought, should I have explained it at the time? Then I've thought, should I have gone over to him a couple of hours later and said, I need need to talk to you about something. And now like a few days have passed. Don't email him. Don't please don't email him, please. Just want to get something off my chest. I beg of you, don't. It's not that I've I've never been on, it's not that I've never been to a virtual flesh pot. (laughs) However, bookmark Oh God! So he's telling everyone. I bet he is. Of course he is. It's his story. Yeah. So embarrassed for you. I'm sorry. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. Oh God. Well, I've shared mine. Let's hear some from uh, my fellow drifters. If you have a story that you would like to share with us of that ilk, then. Uh, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Mark in Leeds, I want to recount a tale to you from a couple of months ago featuring that most anxiety-inducing of social experiences, door-holding etiquette. Oh, yeah. One morning I set off early for my day's work so as to cover that day's two-hour journey in as little traffic as possible. I parked up and took the short walk to the building I was to be working in down a near-deserted street. The only person in view was a shortish woman in a blue tabard with some form of key or identity card hanging round her neck. And as we got within a few yards of the steps leading up to my place of work for the day, she turned to go up the same flight of steps I was heading for. Knowing this building from previous visits, I was aware there was a series of four double glass doors to negotiate before getting to the lobby. For a split second, I thought of bounding up the stairs two at a time in order to make it first to the set of doors and take the role of door opener Mm. rather than door opening. But doubt crept in. Was I really going to pull off that kind of coup? (laughs) No. Much better to follow and come across as progressive modern man rather than male chauvinist door flinger. (laughs) I went through the rules of door etiquette in my mind. First and last doors, audible appreciation, all in between one's warm yet uncreepy smile. Yes. The young lady went on through the first door, slight pause in step to allow for added holding time. And as I placed my hand on the cylindrical metal push-pull bar, I let out my first show of appreciation with a hearty thank you. 
or at least that's what I tried to do. As I'd been up since five and left before the break of dawn, I hadn't uttered a word to anybody that day, so a dry, wheezing sounding like, <laughs> was all my throat seemed capable of. And unless this lady had some form of super hearing, my first attempt at gratitude was a complete failure. Slightly rocked by this and the fact that I was having to do an awkward, lanky man shuffle so as not to gain too much ground on the girl, at least a foot shorter in height, I had a short, calming pep talk with myself, deciding to stick with my original plan. Door two, she holds, I smile, she doesn't look round. Door three, she holds, I smile, she doesn't look round. So as we approach the final door, I'm fully aware that as far as she is concerned, this great gangly goon following her has yet to offer any form of thank yous for her door-holding endeavours. All is not lost, as I offer a big hearty thank you on the proffering of the final door. But then, disaster. As the last door approaches, she veers left towards a service door and leaves me stranded in a no-man's land of social awkwardness. Oh no. Desperate to show some form of appreciation, I bark out, oh, uh, thanks! in her direction and as she turns to look at me with a look of genuine disgust on her face I begin to realise how sarcastic my gratitude sounded as if to say well how dare she not go out of her way to open every single door for me she hurries towards the side door waving her card at the reader and quickly scurries through letting it slam behind her red faced I continue to push through the last door as I take one last look behind me I see her face reappear in the side door's window scanning the lobby in what I can only assume is to make sure the entitled mannerless beanpole is no longer following her. Oh, that's good. The stress mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from Tracy. A long time ago, I was on holiday in Tenerife with some friends. I'd had some drinks and done some dancing and met a boy. That's what they call them on Love Island. (laughs) We had a nice time. Little bit of doing bits at the bar. (laughs) That's what they call it in Love Island. But I must point out, it was only kissing for you. Is that what, does kissing qualify as bits? It does, yeah, yes. It's first first bits of doing bits. (laughs) Everything was wonderful. He wanted to come back to my apartment. Oh, yes, I said, all drunk with stuff. We left and started walking up the road. Pretty quickly, I sobered up and thought, what am I doing? I looked at him and thought... What am I doing with him? (laughs) Very quickly, I decided that I didn't want to couple up with him and do more bits. (laughs) So I slowed my pace and let him walk ahead of me. When he'd got far enough away, I very quietly jumped into the muddy ditch at the side of the road and ran across some rubbly wasteland, clattering to halt behind a handy bush. I watched him walking up the road, chatting lovingly to his new girl. Then he turned to me. I wasn't there. He was astonished. He looked all around, but no, I had disappeared. His shoulders slumped visibly. (laughs) He looked forlornly at the ground, turned around and walked back the way he'd come. I sat on the floor in the mud behind the bush (laughs) with a slightly sprained ankle for a good 10 minutes until I was sure he was gone. Well, that falls into the category of running away nicely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's amazing. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah. And this is from Lucy Adams. Last year, I was nominated for an award at my work. It was a a black tie-do in a very fancy pants venue. The idea of going filled me with dread. What would I wear? Who would I sit with? What if I won? What if I didn't? What if I said the wrong thing or couldn't say anything at all? I debated not going as the anxiety was making me queasy. In the end, I decided to pull it together. What's the worst that could happen? So I got a lovely frock in the charity shop, my friend in my hair and makeup, and off I went. The event was full of the most senior managers from my company and everyone was looking very classy in their black tie attire. 
It was explained that there was a number of categories and they would announce each category, then contestants and the winner between each course. Thankfully, my category is being called first. Phew, I'd be able to enjoy my food without worrying about it. They explained they'd call out each person's name and say a bit about them, then announce the winners and that you were all to come up when you heard your name. My last name is Adams, so I was called first. Lucy Adams, blah, blah, blah. So on hearing my name, I got up and went on the stage. I shook hands with the host and the most senior manager in the company and then looked up to see where I was to stand. At this point, the host whispered, you weren't meant to come up. (laughs) So I had to stand with an insane grin while the other four people were called out and didn't join me on the stage. I just had to stand there while all the senior people in my company watched me standing in my finest charity shop prop thinking, oh, my actual God, I didn't win. Thankfully, I came second, so I still got a wee trophy. I've attached a photo of me trying to style it out on stage when I shouldn't have been there. I don't look too out of place, but everyone knew and many folk kindly came up to me later and commented on it. Okay, I've seen this photo. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, maybe we can put it on Facebook if Lucy will give us permission. It's amazing. She does look a bit out of place. It's amazing. She says, I think I'll avoid the ceremony this year. Oh, Lucy, that picture is amazing. It's just wonderful. Uh, Share your story with us, please, of social ineptitude. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. All right, Manimal. Oh, God. Wow, that's yeah. a musical. Yeah. It was my nickname in Fourth Year Juniors, yeah, yeah briefly. The, yeah, when the, you transitioned from Hamble into Manimal in Fourth Year Juniors. I was never Hamble. You, you, everybody knows that you look like that weird doll from play school, and that's why your nickname was Hamble at whatever posh, I don't what do you call it, not primary school, prep school? It's a, it's a, prim- you go to? It's a, it's a private primary school. Prep school. Prep, is that what they called? I, think so. I don't know. <laughs> um, right, Hamble. Yes. Manimal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Was Manimal even on the TV when you were that age? Yes. Okay, well, okay. I think you're suggesting I made this up. It sounds like you are. No, no, no. When no, in you... fact you made up Hamble. No, I didn't. The only made up one is the flying flea. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That That's the only made up no! one. No! Um, all right, Annabelle, you have... Um... So annoying. <laughs> Finally, she admits it. So annoying. Uh, you, um, you, you have a story. I do, yes. What's the story about this week? So sometimes I worry that I don't really have any hobbies. And my biggest worry about this is if I ever go on the TV quiz show Pointless and Alexander Armstrong, when he tires of asking me about my one day a week job, <laughs> then he asks me what I do in my spare time. And I just have to say, honestly, well, watching Pointless? Like, nobody ever says watching Pointless. I mean, clearly you'd have to watch it a lot to be enough of a fan to go on it. No one ever says watching television either. So I'm worried it's not a hobby. It's my hobby anyway. They just always say travelling mm. when I think they mean going on holiday. That's not a hobby. I know, I agree. I yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I love going on holiday. It's not a hobby. I mean, there was one year where I feel that I, I almost got it to be to the point of being a hobby. I was right. doing it that often. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's not yeah, a hobby, no. no. So this has been on my mind a bit recently to the extent that I looked at outside help and I said to Tom, if I was on Pointless and Alexander asked me what I like to do, what am I going to say? And Tom paused for around one second and then said, fear things. <laughs> fear things? Yeah. I mean, he's got a point. <laughs> 
is how I spend most of my spare time fearing things. Right. And when he said that, I realised that in the previous 30 minutes, I managed to have two big fears. The first was to do with a spider catcher I've got that I use in emergencies, like when a cup and a bit of paper aren't to hand or possible. Right. And it was just lying on the floor because that's the kind of home I live in. <laughs> and the baby's playing with it. And I feared that a recently caught spider had laid eggs in it. And now they were all over the baby and millions of spiders were going to hatch out of his mouth and eyes and ears. I mean, this was a genuine fear I had. And the second was that I saw a small liquid spillage on the kitchen floor and I worried that it was coffee and the baby had put his hands in it and then he was going to put his hands in his mouth and be so caffeinated and wired he wouldn't sleep for a week. (laughs) That's my other big worry. I definitely get this from my mum. She told me recently that when she used to look after my nephew, Zachary, she'd be pushing him in his buggy and very often she'd see the same man with his big dog and she claimed that the dog used to eye up Zachary's feet like they were two juicy slabs of meat (laughs) that he wanted to devour. So... (laughs) <laughs> she used to I can't believe I'm even saying this she used to carry a knife hidden within the folds of the pram hood which I don't think is even legal wow. and she didn't know the breed of the dog when I asked but I wouldn't be at all surprised if it turned out to be a Labrador or something yeah yeah Anyway, hobbies. So she was prepared to kill the dog if it came between anywhere near her grandson. Between the she eyes. Does, she, she told she'd me. worked out she, how to do it. Between the eyes. Yeah. And she said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought about it for a second. Oh, God. He went even near, anywhere near those feet, he had his eyes on between the eyes. <laughs> I know. So anyway, hobbies. I do feel a bit bad that I don't really have any. I've tried to have some over the years, like tennis, adult colouring in, baking, playing the guitar, darts. But they never last very long, mainly because I'm often really bad at it. And I did do a few more things as a child, did drama and ballet. But apart from that, and the previously mentioned Pittman shorthand and making <laughs> cigarette filter necklaces, I'd spend hours in my room on my own playing made-up games where I was a teacher. So, you know, it was, it was all a bit boring, really. But there is one big, exciting standout event. I grew up on a dual carriageway, but it was near a parade of shops. There were two news agents, a small supermarket, a rumbelows, library, bank, chemist, bakers, a KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken, as we called it. All very standard. And then one day behind this parade of shops, news reached me that the old depot there was being redeveloped, which was very, very exciting. That's how boring things were. It was so exciting (laughs) because it was something new. And amazingly, my excitement wasn't dampened by the discovery that it was going to be a DIY store. Even though I was 12 and had no interest whatsoever in (laughs) DIY, it was quite thrilling for some reason. Maybe partly because I could steal a trolley on Sunday mornings to help me deliver the very heavy Sunday newspapers. (laughs) I have to say, it's only now, for the first time ever, that it's occurred to me how annoying that might have been for the local residents, me trundling and crashing a (laughs) trolley up their street at 7am on a Sunday morning. Anyway, I'm very weirdly excited about the DIY store to the extent that when it opened, I'd go there every weekend and wander around (laughs) just looking at things. I think what I liked, because... They had the showrooms, the show bathrooms and kitchens. I just think that just really appealed to me mm. for some reason. And it was one of these bathrooms, these show bathrooms, that led to one of the standout moments of my childhood. So I was having a wander around on a Saturday, potter around the showrooms. I was having a thorough investigation. And I did something that I have no explanation for, but it's one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. I lifted the lid on one of the show toilets and saw inside a real live poo. What? It was incredible. I couldn't believe my eyes. I have to say, I quite often think about it, about who did it, when and why. Like, even now, 30 years later, was it a disgruntled employee? Was it a kid just taking their chances? 
I've since learned that the store has closed down and become an Aldi. And I feel really sad for the local preteens. They must be so bored. <laughs> but I suppose they still have the trolleys to steal for their morning paper rounds. So there is that. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called Adrift. If you enjoy spending time with us in your ears every week, uh, then why not show your appreciation by supporting us on Patreon? Um, this is a a website which is basically crowdfunding for people who create things. And I guess we do create this podcast, although create seems to overstate it in a certain way. It's made. It's it's, yeah, made. we make it. Um, and you you can support us on there. It's in American dollars because it's an American website, but basically, you know, just a dollar or two every month um, really comes in handy. You can, of course, donate more supporters with more money. And then we've got different rewards according to how uh, how much money you do donate or support us with. So, you know, the basic one is Annabelle will give a title to anyone who supports us mm-hmm. on there. And then we've got all manner of things like bonus podcasts and, and stuff. And the one that we've been trying to get together most recently is a partner's podcast, yep. whereby Annabelle's lover, Tom, mm. and my wife, Sarah, uh, sit and answer your questions. I can exclusively reveal mm. that this is now in the can it's it's been made it's happened they the annabelle and tom came round for lunch uh on sunday although tom had already eaten so he didn't mm. really eat very much of of no. what i'd cooked no that you'd gone to a great deal of travel it was a lovely spread that i put on yeah no. very tomato heavy which of course annabelle's favorite yeah he's very happy um but but i made a uh, tomato tart mm. Which was quite nice, I thought. Lovely. And then a very nice Nigel Slater tomato mm. and dill salad. Mm. And then some new potatoes, which weren't tomatoes, but they almost rhyme. <laughs> They're in that song together, yeah, yeah, at least, yeah, aren't yeah, they? So. Yeah. Um, and, and then Sarah and Tom came upstairs and they to record the Partners podcast. And they were gone for ages. Oh, God, so And I long. think even given that they were gone for ages, they didn't get time to answer every single question. Oh, yeah, right. Um, right yeah. But I think they, they got through the lion's share of them. Yeah, yeah. But I think... Um, I don't know exactly how long it will be because I've been given instructions that it needs to be edited. From me or from them? <laughs> from them. <laughs> right. So what has Tom spoken to you about it? Um, I kind of, I, I, I tried to get some stuff out of it and, I, and I'm getting the impression I didn't come off very well. You didn't come I off fe- very I well. I feel like he's really, have you heard it yet? No. And I feel like he's really slated me. No. Yeah. What could he possibly Just say? saying that I'm awful and awful to live with and I'm a control freak. I mean, it's all true, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but fair enough. I mean, I, I, I'm quite scared to have to sit and edit it, I'll be honest. I offered to do it because I wanted to chop out all the bits where he slags me off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he was fairly insistent that you shouldn't do it, wasn't mm. he? So um, you you will get to hear that. I'm gonna... I hear that Sarah's quite quite you know honest about you too as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, she's incapable of being anything true, else. True, yeah, well, I'm sure you knew well, that Well, I say that. I mean, she is an excellent liar, but yeah. I mean, this isn't the kind of thing she would lie about. No, no. Um, oh, God, I'm, I'm dreading... Here's here's the difference. So I don't think I will hear anything that I haven't heard her say to my face. Right, I think I will. Yes, I think that's the big difference. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it. Right, you're not. No, no, no way. Uh, so I'm going to... Um... We're already on like bad ground at the moment because I idly asked... <laughs> No, I'm like, I'm not going to say. Oh, I'm desperate <laughs> to know. I'm desperate to know. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I think the problem is, is that it's finished now, but I had, I think I've been watching too much Love Island. Right. 
I mean, every day is probably used too much. Mm. And I idly asked. Well, I mean, it is on every day. Tom, so. do you think you could do better than me looks wise? He didn't not not he didn't pause for a beat. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, why, why can't he lie? He can't lie. Wow. I know. Why did I ask? What an idiot. So I'm trying to think if Sarah was asked, do you think you could do better than Jeff looks wise? She would absolutely say yes. <laughs> oh, God. But I, I don't think looks is what I offer. But <laughs> I think that's all I offer. No, but I think it's it's part of your package. It's not like <laughs> I shouldn't. Know. Like, I don't think what it's. Was I thinking it's of? not part of my package. But it, it, you know, you you're you're a good looking woman. Thank. That's very kind. But I think the problem was I've been watching too much Love Island and I was bored and uh, I just and I was just thinking. Of, I don't know. I don't know why I asked it. That's not something I'd normally ask. Well, this type of candor is the stuff you will hear. Oh, he's very honest, yeah. How how sympathetic to you would you like me to be in the edit? If it's something that's going to make people hate me, then cut it out. But if it's going to make people think, "Mm, she's not quite the person I thought she was, but I'll keep listening, keep it in. (laughs) What if it's something that would hurt your feelings? Oh, don't you definitely get rid of it. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you said you weren't going to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, but you're right. I'm not going to listen to it. Who cares? You're Are you right. genuinely not going to listen to it? No way. No, Seriously? No way. Oh, maybe I should give it to somebody else to edit, then I won't have to listen yeah, to it either. I, I think you should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you will get to hear this by supporting the podcast on Patreon. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, stroke adrift. It's the person that sometimes get in touch with you, but then you don't talk to them very often because you're just like busy. And it's not that you don't like them. It's just that you don't like them that much. So you just kind of lose touch and uh, go adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I was on a train from Manchester to London the other day. Me and a stranger sitting at a table. Right. One plug socket. Right. And it's it's almost like a uh, sort of cowboy saloon bar, quick draw, who can get there the, the fastest. Right. Because I get my charger out at the exact same oh. time as he gets oh, his charger I see out. see the problem. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he gets there first. Oh, God. He then proceeds to leave his phone plugged in for the whole two and a quarter hour journey to Manchester. That's charged. Yeah. Nothing takes that long to charge. But does he need to be at 100%? If you've got one plug socket between the two of you. Oh, I've got a 50%. You want want to go? Yeah, exactly. How do you handle that situation? I find out in this week's The Incident. Pete Donaldson is a broadcaster, podcaster and excellent person. He's who I asked for advice this week. Well, I mean, did he definitely know that your phone needed charge? I worry that your... You're a charismatic man, Jeff, uh, but I worry that it basically didn't look like you wanted your phone charged. I mean, he he saw the charger in my hand. Oh, you had a charge in your hand, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Otherwise, it would have just seemed like a come on, I suppose. I don't like. <laughs> it, I think what you needed to do is have something in your bag that was more important than his mobile phone. Like, uh, um, what are those things that sanitize dummies and uh, baby uh, things? Yes, yeah, I, I, I know exactly. It's, it's the sterilizing things. Yeah, the sterilizer, some kind of sterilizing equipment or a defibrillator. Defibrillator. Uh, I should carry defibrillators with me. You should, you should do. I never want to be in a situation where I have to attend to a cardiac arrest, but I really think I'd be quite good with defibrillators. Do you have a defibrillator fantasy? Oh, massively. Whenever I see them in... You see them a lot in um, American restaurants. 
which is uh, it, it's not a great review of the restaurant, is it? it, it you know, easily <laughs> chokeable parts. I mean, chokeable parts would be a terrible name for for a restaurant. But just seeing a defibrillator hanging on a wall in a restaurant is never a good look, anyway. But yeah, it's also saying our food is so likely to clog your arteries that there is the danger of cardiac arrest. It's always it's always really near. You know the little um, letters they put on the front window to say whether they're dirty or not, an A or a B or a C. Um, I think one of them had a B. Uh, or a B minus, and what? They, and they basically made um, five or six different letters looking like the same uh, style of font, just spelling out the word burrito and just <laughs> in the next to the B that they got being unsanitary. Oh, which that's, I really think that's, is amazing. Yeah, that's that's very strong. That's very strong. But, uh, but 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 no, I mean, bringing it back to the train. I mean, yeah, I mean, dreadful behaviour from that lad. Um, what I would say that if we lived in slightly more friendlier times. Uh, we should all carry around with us like a multi-plug, like a multi-plug adapter so that everyone can enjoy it. Enjoy like a four-gang. A four-gang. Four <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or um, one of those adapters, because basically on most trains, you might see on the overground in London, certainly, they have uh, the old-style South African plug um, for cleaners to you to plug their um, to plug their hoovers in. We need um, South Africa to um, English adapters. You'll occasionally see it in old bars in London, um, the, the, the round pins rather than the square pins. I think it was the old style of, uh, of plug they used to have, uh, and then the South Africans used it, I think, back in the day, but they've never changed to the English wow. way. And it's not the case that people have in these sockets fitted deliberately to stop you from charging your, your items. That is why I think that's why they're doing it. And also, I think it, it might be a slightly more unbalanced speed and possibly a stronger voltage so that you're not um i, I think the ones that are next to your uh, ne- next to your um chair are kind of slightly lower voltage so you don't explode your electronics and sue the company of the train company so could um, you could you grind around. the could you grind the train to a halt if you plugged in something big enough like a chainsaw yeah like a, like an orange yeah, like an air compressor, <laughs> and just set up your or like an or like an air conditioning unit. Sometimes the trains are so hot, you could bring your own air conditioning unit with a South African plug, and just you know be the man who just sorts out the the, the, the train problem. Really, it'd be wonderful. I mean, where to put the exhaust pipe? I don't know. Feed it into the toilet. I don't know. Make a big hot box. <laughs> Pete, you you are a Jap- I think the phrase is Japanophile. Am I right? Is that the right word? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get called. I, I do a podcast uh, called LeBron Japan, and I get called that every week by a man who lives in Japan, uh, who has lived there for five years, which is a bit bloody rich for my money, to be honest. He lives there for crying out loud. Right? Yeah. If if anyone's the Japanophile, it's him. Although it's it's not he an in, you know there. it's not an insult. <laughs> it, it sounds like one. It's just there's, a statement sort of, of fact. Um, the sort of shit that it's 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 the acceptable part of uh, Asia. That you can go to as a single man and not look like quite a problem, <laughs> quite as much of a problem, you know. No one, you ain't getting on into Paul's list if you go to Japan. <laughs> but I was just thinking, would would this kind of thing happen in Japan? Because I think it's a very well organised and structured society where people know how to follow a rule. Like, would would I have ever got into this standoff on a Japanese if, bullet train? If you if you are on the Shinkansen uh, bullet train, uh, for one. You can uh, rotate chairs uh, 360 degrees to make yourself a little um, a little sort of table situation by yourself. Um, but yeah, Hang on, so does ever... that mean you never have to go backwards if you don't want to? Yeah, no. So if you're on a backwards chair, there's a little lever and it rotates the entire three bit. 
There's like three chairs together and it rotates the whole thing. It's incredible. Um, and, and they actually reset them every time. So instead of turning the train around or, or something to make all the chairs go the right way, they um, they just spin all of the chairs around on the train and then it goes back the other way, I think. I think that's the way it works anyway. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but they are—they are the future, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's like they, a glimpse they, into they, the they future. Thought, they seem to—they seem to think of everything, but they seem to think of everything back in the seventies. It's so <laughs> bloody strange. Um, so no, okay, if you—if you sneeze near a person, like if, if you just sort of went to tap someone on the shoulder, they would uh, not only offer up the plug socket, they'd offer you their phone and their wire and everything else. They're—they're they're, they're very giving. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Soon, people will know that we don't know what we're doing. Adrift. I got in an Uber about 10 o'clock yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. And as as soon as I got in, the driver said to me, how are you? I said, I'm fine. He said, oh, I could really do with a coffee. I said, you've been going long? He said, no, just a couple of hours, but I didn't have a coffee. And I really need coffee to get my day started. I said, oh, well, you know, I'm sure you can get one after you drop me off. So then we do the rest of the journey in silence. Yeah. And as he's approaching my house, yeah. it occurs to me that an exceptionally good coffee shop yeah, yeah. is opposite where I live. Mm. But then I get myself into a bit of a panic because I'm worried that it's like some hipster yuppie coffee shop where the coffee is so expensive that he, he would balk at the prices. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So I find myself... You know, as we pull up, I say, listen, there's a coffee shop over the road. It's, it's so expensive. I mean, it's really good coffee, but it's, it's so expensive. I mean, we hardly ever go in there because it's so expensive. <laughs> it's good. Why did I feel the need to sort of disassociate myself from the place? I mean, not like I'm rolling in money, you know, I'm grateful the Patreon donations and all that. But, um, it's, but there was something about wanting to appear like a humble guy to the Uber driver who doesn't go spending two pounds or whatever it is. You say, I don't even know how much it is mm. on a on a cup of coffee. Why is that? Because you wanted him to like you. Yeah. Not think to... you were fancy pants. Yeah. <laughs> um and then the other thing I was going to mention here was again from the Drifters group on Facebook, Britt Aaron posted oh. something which I really liked. She said, I was having a lunch out yesterday. I ordered a frothy cappuccino first as my blood sugar was running a bit low. And on previous visits to this cafe, the food can take some time to arrive. Yesterday, the food arrived straight after my coffee, though. Halloumi chickpea salad doesn't really go very well with coffee somehow. So virtually all of my coffee ended up being left when the waitress came to take the plates and coffee, etc. I found myself going into a lengthy explanation as to why I hadn't drunk the coffee. Oh, why? Well, I didn't want them to think it wasn't a nice coffee that they gave me. This happens to me all the time. Yeah. 
because you're so many most foods unless you're having like a cake don't go with coffee like yeah. prawn salad no <laughs> I, I was with a friend once who had a sort of prawn mayonnaise oh, salad and a cappuccino at the same time yes it, yeah it's disgusting yeah i think oh well, i've got plenty of time to drink this and the food comes straight away i think the, i drink it cold the, the rule end. of thumb you know even though you brit me we're all agonizing about what the person clearing the plates thinks mm. The, the truth of the matter is they're not thinking about it. No, and if they if it even flickers through their mind a minute later, they're not thinking about it again. But it, the, the worst one is if they do ever go, oh, was so was something oh, wrong? Then you have, then you have to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's the only situation you need to do the explanation, and then you need to go on about how nice the coffee. Mm. Oh, it was great coffee. Yeah. It was just that. You know, God, it's such an <sighs> awkward thing. Isn't Life it? is so tiring. <laughs> I told you I went out for that meal with my wife last week, and. Um, so we we were sitting having a cup of tea afterwards, like fresh mint tea, uh, and uh, I guess one of the managers came over because the place is you know relatively new, um, and he was asking how everything was, and I was oh it was magnificent, it was such good food, blah blah blah, and he said oh was there anything you didn't like? No. And my wife was in the toilet at this point, and she hadn't really liked this portobello mushroom on on the sizzler plate that they had. Her out. Yeah, so I said. I didn't really enjoy the portobello mushroom, but to be honest, I think she's a bit funny about portobello <laughs> mushrooms. I think it's on her rather than on the food. It's so unnecessary. Why did I just not say, no, no, we liked everything? Because <laughs> you wanted to give him something. Yeah, yeah. That's it is, you. Yeah, yeah it is, that is me. Yeah. And I would rather throw my wife yes. under the bus in that situation. Yes, because she wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. So bad. Later, when you go for a walk, you can take the show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there and it's just, it's, it's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog, but just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. All right, on to Quandary Corner, etc. Okay, this is from Ali. I come to the I came to the podcast via reasons to be cheerful. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I recently discovered that I fall into that rare group of drifters who know another drifter, my sister. Wow. I listen to the podcast in order and I'm still in April twenty seventeen. Is that right? No, twenty eighteen, surely. You weren't doing Must it. No, no, unless she then went back and started listening through however many years worth of the radio show Good it was. God. <laughs> <I hope laughs> not. No, surely not. I started on the fourth of January two thousand six and I've been working my way through it. Janice, however, listens to them at random. Both of us ah. think the other's approach to this is utterly wrong and bizarre. I think that whatever works for you is yeah. a thing, but you're right and Janice is wrong. Yeah. I agree. Because I'll tell you for why, because little um, you, you end up getting little in jokes, Mm-mm. you know, like maybe when we say unlucky, Janice doesn't know what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Proved it. I have a story which would be ideal for the podcast, but it isn't actually my story. It's the story of one of my bosses. I think it's highly unlikely that the chap concerned listens to the podcast and the story is well known in the department. It involves medical things, saying the wrong word and blurting things out. I don't think asking for permission is the way to go, although he is now quite proud of the story. I can't quite imagine myself saying, do you mind if I send your story into a podcast about social awkwardness? (laughs) I could send it in anonymously and should anyone ever hear it, then deny all knowledge. I could assume the name of someone else I work with (laughs) or I could just keep shtum. After all, I would potentially be interested in promotion in a couple of years. 
As my sister suggested, I'm writing into Quandary Corner at the Glatt Clinic in Problematic for your advice about how to proceed. Okay, this is very meta. Isn't it? I think, you know, Janice has just redeemed herself here with yeah, the suggestion of yeah, bringing this I, to Quandary Corner. I agree. Uh, so I think these things tend to not work as well when it's somebody else's story rather than your own. Oh, please. But sorry. that being... It's a but, medical story involving blurting said, things out. That being said, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, you know, you, you've made it clear it is somebody else's story. It is medical. So here's what it's I think. Medical. It's medical. If there's nothing to, that identifies him... Mm then I think it's sort of fine. And then if it gets a great reaction on the podcast, yeah. then you can play it to him. And say, look what I did with your story. Yeah. And then we might get a new listener. Yeah. And we get a good story. Although, you know, from from uh, from what I understand, he's not the type. But then sometimes people don't seem like they're the type. I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. So... How does it work if somebody wants to write a book or a film about you? Like, do they? Maybe you should ask him if you could buy his life rights. <laughs> Just say, can I buy the rights to your story with a yes. cup of coffee? Yes, yeah. Because I really want to share it on a podcast. It does sound, it's, it gets embarrassing from then that bit onwards, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, just do it. I mean, just I'm so desperate it. to hear this the story. This is my problem. As long as there's it. nothing that identifies him, I think you can you can send it to us. He's him. never going to hear it. Yeah, you can sort it. You know, yeah, that, this is the thing. Like, if it goes poorly, he'll never hear it. Mm. If it goes well, yeah. then I think, you know, by including this, this sort of preamble with Janice and the meta and, and all that, yeah. then you've you've got yourself, you know, you've proven that you've given it some thought about the ethics and the moral maze of writing in somebody else's story to a podcast. So yeah. I think it's fine. And please send us that story. Great. Okay. On to Camille. I recently went to go to the movies with my husband at a different theatre than we normally go to due to a better showtime will get us home at a decent hour. We got there in plenty of time and sat down just as the previews were starting. A very short while after the movie started, these two women came in and sat right next to us, probably late teenagers or in their early 20s. It didn't bother me much as I'm late about 90% of the time for things myself. Also, it was a fairly crowded theatre, so having them sit next to us wasn't a big deal. Immediately after they sat down, they started talking in voices that definitely weren't whispers, but wasn't quite their normal speaking voices either. Again... I didn't mind because I figured they would just say a thing or two, get sorted and then just watch the film. Live and let live, right? Wrong. They continued a running commentary between themselves throughout the entire movie. So rude. I was seated in between them and my husband and my husband told me just to let it go and that it was fine. But I disagree. How do I address this issue without completely ruining the movie with a cloud of anger between both parties or worse, passive aggressive non-verbal communication from them and basically just spoiling the whole night? She does say I've got a couple of additions that might change the situation. One is they're watching Jurassic World, so it wasn't like a great peer drama or anything. It doesn't change it. Yeah. Uh, also, I have to say that this theatre is not in a great part of town, that it has a reputation for gang activity a few miles to the north, but we didn't think it was going to be an issue. However, it factored in my decision to leave these two alone. Yeah, so I, I understand that. You know, young people are terrifying. <laughs> Say a word. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a real question for you because yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I consider myself, as I've said before, an excellent shusher. Mm. Although I, it's the only time in life I'm assertive. It surprises me. Though, yeah, it's 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 the one environment in which I've become this whole other person. But I've told I won't 
tell the story. Um, it's in a previous podcast Mm-mm. of the time that I l- sort of lost control of myself and ruined a whole film for a whole cinema by shouting <laughs> a very rude word at some people. Um, so here's what I think you do. All things being equal, in, in it's, it's, a, it's a specific thing. The Jurassic Park, I don't think, is relevant. The that, that you're terrified of young people <laughs> does, even though you know we shouldn't be. Yeah, you get to a certain age. You sound like elderly people. I know, but I mean, I, do you know what did it for me, Annabelle? Hmm. It was that time you decided to go running. Oh God! And then I ran past a group of teenagers. <sighs> And they went, run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Yeah. <laughs> it's humiliating. Yeah, I've been scared of teenagers ever since that I heard of a group singing 1940s <laughs> songs at a, a jogger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so here's what you do. I know I know exactly how to handle this. You'll be pleased to hear. Okay. You wait for somebody else to go to the toilet. Okay. Somebody else nearby in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. When they get up to go to the toilet, you also get up to go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to the toilet. You're going to go and grass them up to an usher. You've done this before. Yeah. Um, and then you come back, not with the usher, but you tell them where they are. Mm-hmm. And then the, the 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 youths, the youngsters, they don't know whether it was you that grassed them up or whether it was the other person. Right. So they can't come at you. And if anything, if they did come at you, you could say it wasn't me. I mean, I did notice somebody else go up to the usher when I was going out to go to the toilet. <laughs> right. Yep. So, so that is my solution. I mean, generally, I find that if you shush people, it works-ish. I mean, some people are just nuisances mm. and they don't understand that you haven't paid however much you've paid to listen to them talk to each other. What about the, this is what I do, the... <sighs> you could just find yourself being mocked. Oh, was that think- was that a mockable sigh? How would you mock that? I think they'd start going <laughs> like that if they're a certain type. Oh God, this is awful. Yeah. You've, you know, you need to, you need to assert a bit of authority, and a, and and a sigh doesn't do it. Okay, only a shush will do that. But if you are, are scared of the the people that you're shushing, mm. grass them up to the usher in such a way Mm-mm. as they won't know it was you that grass them up. Okay, problem okay. solved. Happy. Yeah. Good. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If listening isn't enough for you, you can find us on social media. Both Annabelle and I are on Twitter, me more than her. And you can follow the Adrift page on Facebook. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And thanks to the wonderful Pete Donaldson for helping out with advice on the incident this week. I wholeheartedly recommend all of Pete's endeavours. He's on Absolute Radio and you can hear him on three, yes, three podcasts. The Luke and Pete Show, which I very much enjoy. Football Ramble, which I believe is very good, but isn't for me. And Abroad in Japan, which I'm keen to listen to. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. If you haven't yet shared your own excruciating story with us and your fellow drifters, please do. 
email hello at adriftpodcast.com. And finally, thanks to that bathroom showroom in Southend for keeping teenage hoodlums like Annabelle off the streets. Adrift. Adrift. All right, this comes from Aliki Danu, who says, Hello, Annabelle. Hello, Jeff. Hello. I've been meaning to write to you for a while now, but I told myself I wouldn't until I'd subscribed on Patreon, and I finally have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is on behalf of myself and my husband, as both of us are avid listeners of the show, having previously both been listeners of your radio hometown show. And after the disappointment of that ending, we were elated to find out about the podcast. Peter has even contributed to the show by sending in questions for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic, etc. Uh, and I've managed to successfully rope in a colleague into listening oh, to the show. Thank yay. you, Ali. Um, hope you don't mind me abbreviating there. I'm sure not. It's taken me a while longer to catch up on the episodes as I had until recently what my husband would describe as an ancient phone about five years old and no longer had enough memory to store any downloads, which therefore meant I could only listen at home cooking and cleaning to uh, an evening after the kids had gone to bed before became something I almost looked forward to. I like the almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be pleased to know I've just upgraded to a new phone. So that problem has been solved. Congratulations yeah. on the new phone. Um, I've also just ordered Annabelle's book and I'm looking forward to taking it on holiday with me to Greece soon. Um, still plenty of time to get Annabelle's book for your summer holiday. Oh, yes. Especially if one of these people who thinks, oh, actually, it's a bit cheaper going in September. Mm. You know, you've got loads, loads of time. And Annabelle versus the internet. Annabelle versus the internet. and Dipping and out of it around the pool. Yeah. 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 And, and people have been tweeting you pictures of it. Yeah. Various locations around the world. It's lovely. Yeah. Uh, whether I'll get the chance to read is another matter. I don't think I've managed to finish a book since I've had kids, and that was six years ago now. I don't know how you feel. How are you getting on with sort of reading and Rudy? Oh, I yeah, I read. I just read at bedtime. I've had if I read at, at bedtime that I'm asleep within twenty seconds. Uh, <laughs> reading is a <laughs> right. yeah. Um, also, you know, you can watch stuff on your laptop in bed, don't you? No, I'd rather read. I know, sorry. Reading's very much a daytime activity, for, or historically it's been very much oh, a daytime activity. For me, it's for a bedtime me. activity. Yeah, mm. and, and, you know, now it's a non-activity mm. for me, but there you go. Um, I'd also like to point out that, although neither of us have had the pleasure of meeting you in person yet, we do have a connection with a couple of people who've worked on your podcast. I am, in fact, Greek, as I'm guessing is Iwana, who does your tech support. She's not, is she? No, She's where from... Is Iwana from? Transylvania? Oh, I Somewhere think Somewhere incredibly right. yeah, exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somewhere exciting. Um, oh, one is, one is great. I've not seen her for a long time. She mm. does um, uh, fencing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so she she does acting, so then she does some stage weaponry and stuff oh, wow. as well. Mm. She's great, Iwana. Um, the only reason I don't want to see her is I just think that would probably mean there'd be some kind of technical problem and I mm. could do without one of those, yeah. really. And Carla, who did your photos, did our wedding photography seven years ago on the 22nd of August. Oh, wow. Carla's great, isn't yeah. she? So talented. As is Iwana. Um, and this brings me to the main reason for my publication request. Got there eventually. Could you please wish my husband a happy wedding anniversary, hopefully on or around the 22nd of August, but any time is fine, really. 
There are not many things we both like or agree on. We have very different tastes in most things, but we most certainly share a love of this podcast. So in a sense, you guys bring us closer to each other. We are the glue in your marriage. Wow. Uh, sorry, I'm not eloquent or witty enough to make this a more. This is a good email. People yes. are constantly saying this, and these are great emails. I have a tendency to waffle, much to my husband's frustration. Me too. I don't know how frustrating he finds it with me. <laughs> but, um, but I still wanted to write this little publication in the hope that it will someday feature in your podcast as a small token of my love for my husband. Oh, and by the way, I'd love to come to a live show if you do end up organising one. Thanks and all the best, Aleki. Well, we, we're definitely um, hoping to. I was hoping we'd be able to sort of piggyback onto that London Podcast Festival, but that didn't quite work out the way mm. I hoped it would. But there's always next year for that. Yeah. But we'll get something sorted out uh, soon. It's on the uh, on the to-do list. We've got a big to-do list. Good, I think. <laughs> Do you fancy some things off my to-do list? I've got a big to-do list. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, thanks and all the best, Aleki. P.S. Annabelle, mm. I have a suggestion about how you can avoid the unwanted small talk at the hairdressers and save some money. Uh, since, like me, you keep your hair at roughly the same length and don't really change the style at all, why don't you ask Tom or a friend to do it for you? As long as they can keep to a fairly straight line, <laughs> that should do the job. I'm normally generous with money, so she's unlike you in that respect. <laughs> I would never think of myself as tight, right. heaven forbid. So yeah. again, unlike you. Um, but I feel that spending 30 plus pounds on a straight trim that takes my husband, who I should add has no previous hairdressing experience, less than five minutes is a waste. And I'd rather spend that on supporting podcasts that I enjoy oh, listening to. Thank you. Well, I, I do have a few layers, actually. So yeah. I, I wouldn't mind doing it for you. No. I've got some quite no. good scissors somewhere. No. Why not? You won't have to do my layers. I, I, I think somebody... <laughs> I don't even trust you to do a straight line, let no, alone I don't layers. I really trust myself to do a straight no, line. Sorry, no offence. I think it'd be romantic for Tom to cut your hair. Why? <laughs> what way is it romantic? Well, my mum used to cut my dad's hair. <laughs> exactly. Which I always find quite depressing, to be honest. Right, but, yeah. um, well, I, I, I think... I'm, I'm going to say something. Mm. I think you're overestimating the complexity of your own haircut. <gasps> Say that to my hairdresser's face, who's trained for years, watches hairdressing videos in his spare time, reads books on the biology of hair. How much do you pay him? 50 pounds. 50 pounds? 50 so basically, he's just, you know, he's always going to say that because he's got to justify charging you five pounds for cutting your hair on a straight line. I could get a ruler, <laughs> cut along a ruler. <laughs> but yeah, get... And a spirit level. Yeah. Or we could get a guillotine in. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not... Oh, no, no. Thanks, though. Thanks for the suggestion. Thanks for the offer. All right. What was Aleki's husband called again? If, uh, back at the, is it Peter? That's all that. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, maybe he, does, he hasn't got an... Oh, no, he is Peter. Yeah, Peter. he is Peter. Well there we go. So that's the latest edition of the podcast. Um, happy wedding anniversary to Aleki and Peter. And if you would like a podication, you can email us, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.